This is Your Wellness Solution, a podcast by Solution Health. Parents are concerned about nutrition, especially with picky eaters. How frustrating is that? So how do you avoid the power struggles and help the picky eater and your family eat a balanced diet? Well, here to talk with us about nutrition and toddlers and managing picky eaters is Dr. Lila Monahan, a pediatrician at Solution Health. Dr. Monahan, thank you so much for your time. So let me ask you this. Are picky eaters created or are they born that way? That's a great question. Um, Like a lot of things in uh, medicine and development, it's a little bit of both. Uh, There are definitely uh, temperamental differences in toddlers that may make them a little more likely to be picky eaters, but it's also a very normal developmental stage that most uh, children will go through um, going into a picky stage. Uh, We call them food jags, and they're very common uh, in the toddler years. Okay, that's good to know. So most kids do go through this, but parents still are concerned about nutrition. I've got to feed my child, which is only normal. So they may turn to things like, hey, I'm going to force you to eat this food or make sure you finish all the food on your plate. Is that good thinking or not? You know, we really encourage parents to uh, do a couple things. One is it's uh, adopted from Ellen Satter. Uh, who has written multiple books on nutrition and kids, uh, but it's called Division of Responsibility, where the parent is in charge of what they're serving, when they're serving, and where they're serving, and the child is in charge of what to eat or whether to eat. And if parents can keep that division of responsibility in their head, then that can help set up a good relationship both with the parents as well as with the child and food. And so, you know, an example of that is, you know, a family is making a meal. We also, uh, somebody coined the phrase, and I'm not sure who, um, one family, one meal. So rather than short order cooking and giving uh, kids a meal that just they'll eat, uh, the whole family eats or is served the same plate of healthy food. And then with that division of responsibility, the child is going to eat some of it, and they may eat all of it. They may not eat any of it. Um, so rather than giving in to that picky eating behavior, just working, uh, trusting the child that they're going to get the nutrition they need. And we know that the more you narrow the choices of a child who's a picky eater to those foods that you know they like, and it's a natural instinct, it actually absolutely makes sense, Why should I feed my child something that I know they're not going to eat? But what it actually does is it actually makes that picky eating stage last longer and be harder to break. So if a child is constantly seeing healthy foods and the whole family is getting the same meal, then they will break out of those picky stages much sooner than a child who gets a traditional child diet. Great information. So if the child doesn't want to eat... Don't force them and don't narrow the food choices. So if my child is pushing the plate away, I don't want to eat this, mom or dad. I'm not eating this. Then don't let. Then they don't eat. Is that kind of it? Because eventually they're going to get hungry and they're going to want to eat. Is that kind of the philosophy behind that? Yeah, exactly. And without without coaxing them to eat, without um, being at all punitive, just kind of matter of factly give them a little you know cue that says, well, if you don't eat now, we're not eating again until. You know, so if it's lunchtime, you tell them until, you know, after we go to the playground and mommy comes home from work or or whatever. 
Um, and then, you know, when they're invariably hungry later, um, there are a couple strategies. Some parents will have put away the meal that the child didn't eat um, and bring it back out. Um, some parents will just say, well, you know, that's too bad um, that you're hungry now, but the good news is we're going to have dinner in X amount of time or after, you know, we read this book or that kind of thing. And we always, as pediatricians, reassure parents that a typically developing child will not starve themselves. It, it can feel very difficult as a parent to not be sure, not uh, give the child the food that you want them to have or not to see them intake the food that you want them to eat, but they really will um, grow up healthfully um, if parents are presenting a variety of healthy foods and not bribing or cajoling or, um, you know, otherwise trying to get a child to eat. I wish I would have met you 20 years ago, Dr. Monahan, uh, because my <laughs> wife and I became short order cooks. And I think to this day, my son still has a very limited um, appetite for certain things. So where were you 20 years ago, Dr. Monaghan? <laughs> um, but you were just uh, talking about bribing with dessert. And a lot of parents do that. You know, uh, eat your broccoli and you'll get dessert, you'll get cake. That is a no-no, right? It is. It is. Because what it does is it puts way too much power into um, non-nutritious, highly palatable um, foods like cookies and cakes and uh, candy and things like that because basically a child learns, oh, this must be really special stuff because I have to do something else to get it. And then number two, it encourages children to not listen to their own um, signals of fullness um, or hunger to be able to get that desired reward. And so it seems counterintuitive, but what we actually recommend with things like dessert is um, making it not contingent on anything. It shouldn't be a reward for good behavior. It shouldn't be a reward for um, having had a bad day. It shouldn't be a reward for eating your broccoli or your lean protein. Um, if the family is going to choose to serve dessert, it's just served. And if it's a small portion, a child is not going to quote, fill up on dessert and not eat their other foods. They may only eat the dessert, but it's not because they're full from the dessert. It's because they didn't like everything else being served um, and decided, okay, you know, again, division of responsibility, I'm just eating the cookie. They're going to be hungry later or, and they're not, they're, again, they're not going to starve themselves. Um, I've, I've done this in my own house and it's much easier said than done. Um, it's very counterintuitive to sit there and, and go ahead and give the cookie as part of the meal or the, but it really does work. It certainly sounds like it. And you said earlier, don't narrow the food choices, offer a variety. How should we go about introducing new foods to a child? So really right from the get-go, um, the younger children are when they're introduced to different flavors and textures and taste, um, the, the more readily they'll accept them as they get older. So, you know, families will often say, you know, I don't give them anything spicy or I didn't do that. But, you know, we know from just even cultural context, there are some cultures that spice is a part of, of all of their cooking or a lot of their cooking. And those babies and toddlers grow up with spice in their diet and, and like spice from the beginning. There's nothing wrong with spice. Um, likewise, um, 
you know, we recommend just, you know, even when babies before they're toddlers, when they're first being introduced to solid foods, we have them, you, we have parents go slowly one thing at a time. But we also recommend, you know, letting the baby, you know, put their hands in the food, for instance, uh, because the hands of a baby at uh, six months, uh, which is when we usually introduce solid foods, naturally go to the mouth. And so they're, they're learning about tastes and textures that way. So, um, you know, basically good nutrition all along. Uh, variety. And it also takes, studies have shown it can take 10, 15, 20, 25 different um, introductions of the same food before a child will develop a taste for it. So not Mm. giving up, just keep serving it over and over and over again. That's very good to know. And we also hear about other strategies, you know, make mealtime fun and recruit your child to help with meal preparation. Any quick thoughts on that? Absolutely. Those are excellent, excellent strategies. Um, You know, have the child come to the grocery store with you and they get to pick, you know, the vegetable of the day or the fruit of the day or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Have them, you know, in a developmentally and and safe way, help prepare meals. Families who have a little garden, whether it's small or really big, and have the kids involved, those kids tend to love their vegetables because they're growing them. I love that. That is so cool. And lastly, you've got us on the right path, Dr. Monahan. Thank you so much. Do you have any other resources to share with us to help us in this journey with our picky eaters? I absolutely do. So first, there's a, a wonderful website um, sponsored by the American Academy of Pediatrics, and it's www.healthychildren, all one word, dot org, slash growing healthy, all one word. Uh, And there are categories on there for babies, toddlers, and preschoolers. For the parents, it's a very interactive website. And you get tips from experts as well as tips for common questions as well as tips from uh, parents who've been through this. So I I highly recommend playing with that website. And then there's several books I really like. One I alluded to, How to Get Your Child to Eat, parentheses, but not too much, close parentheses, by Ellen Satter. Another one is Give Peas, as in the vegetable, a chance, the foolproof guide to feeding your picky toddler. And that's by Kate Samella, S-A-M-E-L-A. And then the final one is uh, helpful for babies on up, Raising a Healthy, Happy Eater, a stage-by-stage guide to setting your child on the path to adventurous eating. And that's by Namali Fernando and Melanie P-O-T-O-C-K. Give peas a chance. I love that. So cool. Well, Dr. Monahan, thank you for your time. And if you need those books and resources, again, this being a podcast, just hit stop, rewind a little bit, and you'll hear all of them again. Dr. Monahan, thank you again for your time. For more information, please visit snhhealth.org. That's snhhealth.org. Thanks for listening.